0: getting you inside the cards. Inside corner, and he struck him out. That strikeout number 1,000 at Busch Stadium for Adam Wainwright. It's Redbirds pitcher Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN.
1: Third time through
0: the lineup. He strikes out seven, and he strikes out the side in the seventh inning. Presented by Chick-fil-A. Earn points on your next mobile order with the Chick-fil-A app. The Cardinals have a noon game against the Mets this afternoon at the ballpark, and then the homestand will continue against Arizona the rest of the week. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joining character and Smallman every Wednesday is Adam Wainwright. It's Wednesdays with Wayna We kind of like that alliterative, so it really fits. Good morning, Adam. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good. I'm good. It's a good
2: day for a Cardinal win.
0: Do you like day games better than night games? Well, uh, Jack and I had this discussion the
2: other day, and both of us had the same answer. We, we, uh, we like the routine, as far as a, on a pitching routine, of the night game better, but we both pitch better during day games, traditionally. Um, Ooh,
3: I think we lost Wayno. Oh, no. So, I think we did. We'll, we'll, we'll I just have to reestablish connection with Wano.
0: So we have Adam back. Sorry we lost you there, sir. Man, I was just talking away. Talking, <laughs> talking, talking. Talkin'. <laughs> I get done talking, and then all of a sudden, I go,
2: well, I, mean, I, guess, I guess the interview's over. And i got a few more questions, and then I look down, and it says, call failed. So I don't know what the last thing y'all heard was, but I, I know I told a great story. What was it?
0: The, the last thing we heard was that uh, you and Jack both like the routine of a night game, but you, prefer, uh, you both pitch better during day games.
2: Man, I can't believe that was the last thing you heard. Man, I, I had a couple of great lines in there. Anyways... Yeah, I mean I'll give you the short version now. So oh, man. Um, that ends up being that ends up being true. I mean just uh we have we both have, you know, better numbers on day games, um, for whatever reason. You know, sometimes these hitters, Randy, sometimes these hitters aren't ready to hit. And uh he's sleeping. And he's and the pitchers wake up, you know, kinda in the zone, kinda ready to ready to rock. Sometimes they can sneak up on a hitter. Um but uh I like day games for for lots of different reasons too. I mean, you know, you don't like getting up early. Um, sometimes after a, a night game, last night we got home around you know midnight, and uh, you know you don't just turn it off right away. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of wind down a little bit after a game sometimes, and and uh, so that was uh, a situation where you're not always going to get eight hours of sleep, but. Then you got the rest of the day after the game the next day. You got the rest of the day with your family or your teammates or whatever you want to do. So it ends up being a great thing.
0: Hey, Adam, I've always admired the, I, the ability of Major League Baseball players to compartmentalize and put a loss behind them. And you talk about unwinding. Is unwinding after a game like Monday night, where you had the lead in the ninth and then the Mets score five, is, is unwinding from that game different for you than a, a two to one win?
2: Well, those games are super important to put behind you really quick. I mean, obviously, you know, if there's something you got you need to, to address fundamentally, then you, you do it. But you have to get over those losses even quicker than normal ones because those can have a, a lingering effect that really bothers you for a couple of days and keeps you kind of not focused on the task at hand as much as you can be. So uh, you got to put those behind you. Uh, as fast as you can, and, and realize that you know during a long season you're going to have some some boneheaded mistakes. You're going to have a bad loss here and there, but you know you're also going to win a couple of games where you're going to walk out of there and you're going to go, "Man, we stole that game from them." <laughs> and that was certainly one of the games that they walked away the other day from us, thinking we they stole that from us, and and, and they did. But we know we're going to steal some games from people too. So you know all that kind of stuff. Hopefully it bounces out. Hopefully you have as few mistakes as possible uh, during the season, but you're going to have some, and, and losses like that unfortunately happen, and they happen every year, but the, the key to, to getting better and moving on is putting it behind you as fast as you can so that that doesn't just hang around and make you lose two or three in a row because you're still pouting about the one.
3: Adam, I know that you're always there for your teammates to offer a good word of advice. Was that the message that you had for Giovanni Gallegos? I'm curious if you spoke to him after that game, and if so, what advice you gave him about turning the page?
2: Uh, Gio's a total pro. He is a total pro. and uh, he came the next day, just like nothing's happened, and, and that's a, a, a sign of a great bullpen asset. I mean, it's just a guy who can, you know, have a bad day or what one day and the next day you never know anything ever happened bad and uh i'll tell you what i did i i went up to him the next day the night the night out that that night i i just kind of let it let it go and, you know he was he was real upset about it not not like you know crying and going crazy but you could tell he was he was disappointed and, and uh nola was disappointed And i'll tell you what i did for both of them I walked up to both of them and I gave them the biggest, softest, greatest hug I could possibly give them. I looked them right in the eyes and I said, everybody needs a hug sometimes, you're great and I can't wait to watch you play again. And that is uh, all I said and that's all I did. And, and it seemed like both guys seemed like it got the, the, the uh, effect I was trying to get across.
0: That's beautiful. By the way. Are you 100% in save opportunities in your career?
2: Did you ever blow a save? I have 100%. I have 100% in actual save ops, yes. Um, I have a couple of blown saves. I think I have two blown saves where, like, we had the lead, and I was pitching the the 6th and 7th. And uh, I remember one one especially really bothered me, Jeff Supon. Was, I pitched a great game in Milwaukee, and I came in gave up a a run in the sixth inning to, uh, or the seventh inning to to blow his lead. And and the other one, I I came in with runners on first and third, and uh, in one out a guy hit a, a, uh, he got out, but the run scored, and that's a blown save for me, you know, in like the seventh inning, so... But I have no blown saves in the ninth inning, if that's what you mean.
0: That's my question, which is a pretty good stat to have. No, nobody's ever going to do better than that, Adam.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that's, you know...
2: I can't believe they moved
3: me out of that role. You know? Yeah, with stats like that—that's a shocker. Um, Adam, speaking of advice, we've seen Albert Pujols being a great mentor to a lot of your teammates, showing guys things mechanically. We've heard a lot of stories about him sitting in the dugout and telling players what he's seeing out of opposing pitchers. I'm curious if he tells the pitching staff things that he's seeing with opposing hitters. Is Albert Pujols ever coming up to you or any of your uh, your peers and saying, "Here's what I'm seeing out of a pitcher on the other, or excuse me, a hitter on the other team"?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he does. And he, and I'm always asking him questions. Um he's, he's just the, he might be the smartest baseball guy ever. I mean, he tied prefers with Gotti, cuz I don't know if he gets smarter than Gotti, but listening to him break down a pitcher and what he's going to do to him the next at bat is pretty remarkable. I mean, you know, he's he's 42 years old and 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 one of the greatest all-time baseball players still playing the game for a reason. You know, it's obviously he had great talent, don't get me wrong, but more than the great talent, he was able to use that great talent with his great mind, and that's how great players are made. You know, it's very rare, very, very rare that a great player is simply great because of physical tools. Great players are great because they they have physical tools, but they have great mental approaches to the game and he has one of the greatest ever
0: let me give you my list michael jordan uh i've got tiger woods on that list with the gifts and the drive i have uh jerry rice on that list i mean albert's on that list it's a handful of guys that in all of sports where you can say okay had unbelievable natural gifts and unbelievable drive Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you got anybody else
2: I mean that's a common denominator for all those amazing players. Wayne Gretzky. I mean all those guys. Same same way they were in a mental class above the rest. There was nobody physically or, or, or mentally tougher than Michael Jordan in his prime. There's nobody mentally tougher than Tiger Woods in his prime. I mean just listening to them talk about the game, their expectations uh, for what. The, I remember a story about Tiger Woods. It was at Oakmont. And uh, Tiger was was getting ready for the for the U.S. Open, and there's those church pew bunkers at Oakmont. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. hmm And uh, every golfer that kind of strolls through there was was working on hitting balls out of that bunker. And uh, Tiger gets on the tee, drives it right down the middle, hit a couple shots at the at the church pews, and he goes. Why would I practice something I'm not going to be doing during the tournament? (laughs) Brilliant, right? I just I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. I mean, the guy was so locked in, and he knew he wasn't going in that (laughs) that bunker.
3: That's amazing. Yeah, it
2: was a it's a devastating blow if you go in there. So why would I go in there? You know, it was it was a different place than the other competitors. And uh, I think what I think what happens sometimes is is his competitors plan for the worst, you know, and, and they, they think that they they have to be prepared for all the bad situations instead of preparing for the best and then being mentally tough enough to adjust in whatever situation you're in.
3: That's a good point, Adam. Well, I wanted to ask you about a headline that's coming out of your game last night. Chris Bassett, in his post game, was talking about how baseball has a big problem right now with the actual baseball. He's saying that there's a lot of inconsistencies and no common ground with the balls. Have you noticed any inconsistencies with the baseball? And if so, so, can you explain to us what you've been feeling?
2: Well, I'm holding judgment on that until it gets warmer. Um, Because baseballs, you know, traditionally are pretty slick when it's cold out. Um especially the the hardest start, I think we talked about this the first time we, we spoke, but the hardest start for a pitcher is that one coming right out of spring training where you've been in either Arizona or, especially if you've been in Florida when it's hot and really humid, um, and then going right into a cold, dry atmosphere out of nowhere with no kind of buildup. And that's the thing that's different about the playoffs is, you know, they give you <clears> – <throat> they give you kind of three, four starts as that fall weather starts to hit where it starts to lose the, the hot and kind of get crisp, and then you get used to that dry air there and and, and making adjustments, you know, with your, you know, sweat levels or whatever you got to do to get that ball comfortable in your hand. So I'm holding out judgment until it gets warmer, but certainly early on the balls were a little slick. Um, I will say the rosin bags that they've, They've implemented are hands down better than the ones that have been there in the past. the The rosin that they had the last couple of years were like you might as well have put like you know the slipperiest substance ever on your hand and then try to go make a pitch with it. It was really, really, really chalky and did and just the opposite of what you wanted. But these ones, these rosin bags seem to be pretty good. I haven't. I haven't been too disappointed with the balls, honestly, but I definitely am going to hold out judgment until it gets warmer. A couple of years ago now, I'll, I'll tell you, the balls were terrible. They, they switched those balls. They were like top flight. 2019, we were using top flights <laughs> that were going you know 20 feet farther than they should have been going, and they were slippery, and they had no seams. I mean, it was super tough for, for pitchers. But uh, but it's those balls, the balls now are, are certainly better than that, but I'm holding out judgment on, on the final product.
0: Hey, Wayno, one last thing. Down the stretch last year, we talked about how good, you told us how good the University of Georgia defense was going to be. They wound up winning the national championship. Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, he has five Georgia Bulldog defensive players going in the first round for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, just some ridiculous talent, right, And with three or four of those guys. Probably going to have the number one overall pick, too, is what Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. But the most amazing guy to me, the most amazing, he's not going to be the top pick, which I I really can't understand why. But big number 99, Jordan Davis. I mean, this guy is 380 pounds and runs a four-foot – he runs a four-second – 4'8", 40. He is a refrigerator. You know, like they called refrigerator, William Refrigerator Perry back in the day. This guy dwarfs the fridge. He dwarfs him. Takes two guys to block him at all times, and if not, he's in the backfield, and, and usually he's in the backfield anyways. I mean, he is an absolute force, but he's running as fast as tight ends, and he raised 380 pounds amazing.
0: And when they put him in at fullback that was just awesome to see him just drop guys and run over him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That was fun watching the bridge do it too back
0: in the day. But, it, 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 was, you know, it was great. I,
2: I think 99 would have ran right over the bridge.
0: I, I'm with you. He's he's remarkable. By the way, Mel Kuyper does have a sixth Georgia Georgia defender going at number 45. So six of the top 45 from one college defense. Pretty impressive. Adam, always good to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great time at the, at the game today. And then uh, go get him against Arizona later in the week. Okay, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you. That is our friend Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN. And thanks to our Wednesdays with wayno sponsor, Chick-fil-A, for partnering with 101 ESPN and supporting Adam's work and the mission of Big League Impact. And don't forget, Chick-fil-A is where you earn points on your next mobile order with the Chick-fil-A app. And don't forget... A great trivia night coming up with our friends at Big League Impact and Adam Wainwright, June 3rd, over at Patios. And you can learn more and you can get involved. We'll be there. Brad Thompson will be there, Adam and a bunch of his teammates. Learn more at bigleagueimpact.org.
3: And it's very important to note that Randy will be emceeing, not competing. So you have a chance.
0: I will not be participating. One time I was on a cruise and I was participating in a sports trivia event. Nobody knew. <laughs> They found out. You were a ringer. Yeah, they they, they found out and, and kicked me out.
3: <laughs> How they find out?
0: Because it was a it was a hockey cruise. It, it was an NHL oh. hockey cruise. I think it was actually John Kelly that outed me.
3: Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: that's too and funny. He, he's on the he does trivia on the radio. You're like what? You have a mustache on a fake mustache. Is <laughs> <not> that allowed? That <laughs> no, was pretty fun.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.